0: Law of Self-Defense content you are about to enjoy is presented for general educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice. If you are in need of legal advice, consult competent legal counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Welcome to our ongoing coverage of the Minnesota murder trial of Derek Chauvin over the in-custody death of George Floyd. I am attorney Andrew Branker for Law of Self-Defense providing guest commentary and analysis of this trial for legal insurrection. As a reminder, I am live parloring the trial in real time over at my parlor account, which you can find using my parlor handle at Law of Self-Defense. No spaces there. This morning, the trial court reinstated the third-degree murder charge against Chauvin, adding it to the existing charges of second-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. The third-degree murder charge had, in fact, been the initial murder charge brought against Chauvin when he was first charged. The third-degree murder charge was then dismissed by Judge Cahill under then-existing law that limited third-degree murder to situations involving a general danger to the public and not to a specific danger to an individual. In this case, that would be Floyd, of course. In response to the third-degree murder charge being dismissed, the state then charged Chauvin with second-degree murder in its place. Since that time, however, the Minnesota Court of Appeals decided in the Noor decision to change Minnesota law to allow third degree murder to apply even where the danger was to only an individual. And since then, the state prosecutors have been arguing to have third degree murder recharged against Chauvin. This morning, Judge Cahill did exactly that. This morning's Voidier worked through four prospective jurors, numbers 31, 36, 37, and 38, a fifth jury, um, juror number 33 was dismissed for cause without even being questioned based on age and highly limited English language skills. Now, prospective juror 31 was quickly dismissed for cause after a brief in camera, meaning ironically enough, off microphone review. So we don't know why that occurred, but that did away with number 33. Perspective juror number 36 is a male described as a route driver. He was acceptable to both the defense and the state and was seated as a juror. The sixth juror seated in this case so far more on him in a moment. Perspective juror number 37 was a female single mother who described an extremely emotional response to the video of Floyd's death. She told the court that she cried while viewing it and, uh, while hearing Floyd call out to his mother, uh, She repeatedly stated she would be unable to unsee that video. She also stated she would be unhappy with a not guilty verdict. Over the state's objections, the state apparently thought this would make a perfectly fine, fair, and impartial juror. Judge Cahill ultimately dismissed number 37 for cause, so the defense was not obliged to burn one of their precious peremptory challenges on her. Prospective juror 38 was a male business owner who lived outside the city of Minneapolis, much like number 29 yesterday, the female lawyer, you may recall. Number 38 indicated he would arrive at a verdict based on evidence and reason. He also indicated a somewhat favorable view of police and a somewhat unfavorable view of Black Lives Matter in the context of the riots, arson, and looting in Minneapolis. He indicated he thought BLM probably had good intentions, but was perhaps hijacked by others intent on violence. He was acceptable to the defense, but he was struck by the state using its fourth peremptory challenge. This leaves the state with five remaining peremptory challenges. Now, back to juror 36, who was seated. Juror number 36, the male route driver, described his response to being called to this case as mind-blowing. Given the magnitude of the case, he described himself as a family man, outgoing, a sports fan. He indicated he could set aside his current opinions and arrive at a fair and impartial verdict based on the evidence shown in court and the instructions given by the judge even if he believed the law on which he was instructed to be other than what he might prefer. He affirmed he would not arrive at a decision until the end of the trial, needing to hear every detail. Asked if he was willing to stand by what he believed of the evidence or was prone to be accommodating to achieve consensus, number 36 indicated he was willing to stand by his principles. Juror number 36, however, had also drawn some definite opinions about the video that he appeared to be very reluctant to let go. For example, in his juror questionnaire, he described the video by writing, quote, when Floyd was on the floor, Chauvin kneeling on his neck the entire time, Floyd desperately screaming that he couldn't breathe while other officers just let it happen and bystanders were screaming at Chauvin to get off his neck because he was killing him. Quote. When pressed on this description by the defense, which was characterized as opinion. Number 36 responded, quote, I just wrote what I saw. That's what it was. Everyone will see that Floyd was desperate, close quote. Juror number 36 also wrote in his questionnaire, quote, There was no reason for Chauvin to kneel on Floyd's neck for that long impression of him just showing off his authority, close quote. When pressed if he had already formed an opinion of Chauvin's guilt, number 36 said he had, but that he was willing to consider all the evidence and witnesses. Juror number 36 had previous interaction with police when he had a car stolen, and he described that experience as favorable. He also agreed with the sentiment phrased by defense counsel Nelson that one should prefer to let 10 people go free rather than one innocent person be convicted. Interestingly, when being questioned by prosecutor Schleider, it was revealed that number 36 had written in his juror questionnaire that none of the Floyd event needed to happen if Floyd had simply complied with police. He did concede, however, that just because Floyd may have been noncompliant at the start did not necessarily excuse what happened later. Finally, number 36 somewhat disagreed that the criminal justice system was biased against blacks and minorities. It's perhaps worth noting that it sounded to my admittedly untrained ear as if number 36 had a slight Hispanic accent. And that's it for this morning's events in Minnesota versus Chauvin. We'll continue to cover the case live on Parlor this afternoon and plan on an end of day blog post this evening to share those later events with you. I'm attorney Andrew Branker for Law of Self-Defense and guest writing for Legal Insurrection. So until I see you later tonight, stay safe.